August 27th, 1978. This is such a horrible picture of John. Sorry. I got distracted by it again. It's it's real bad. It's extremely bad. So this is the second attempt at this because we tried the first one and then we all just went a bit like, ah, because I think we're both a bit stressed at the moment. Um, And there are some observations that I made on John. Oh, I'm not going to... Maybe we should not yet. Maybe, maybe I went off too hard. Maybe okay. I went out you, of the blocks too quickly. Do you, do you think this is why why the tone on the first recording was was sort of mutually soured with you? I think it's because of the discussion. With you of, advocating violence and me like just plummeting I, into right, despair. I wasn't advocating violence. Right, let's okay. not let's not say that because that could be actionable. Um, well, I didn't say against right. specific people no, such as oh man, that would oh, have been a great goodness. time for me to insert like a beep if I edited this at all. Right, so what happened was I mentioned something unmentionable. I'm not going to say it, on the, but that is to do with this comic. And I don't want to say it now because we said it the first time round and it threw everything off. Do, do you think that, that cursed I think us? we should leave it to the point where we get to talk about Garfield. I think that's what cursed us. I think maybe, yeah, because you... I disgusted myself with... <laughs> With contemplating what was on the screen. You, you and were, it threw me off. I was in a fey mood. You were in a fey mood. And then I fell into a fey mood as well. And yep. rather That's than rather than producing any kind of powerful artefacts, such as a podcast about we Garfield... We both went mad and had to be put down by the militia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what happened. Um, August 27th, <laughs> 1978. You're getting a little chunky there, pal. I'm thinking of putting you on a diet, Garfield. Diet, I'm already feeling weak. Food, I need food. The room's growing dim. Wop. Clap, clap, clap. Clap, clap, clap. I'm still not going to mention it. Don't know. Because it's horrible. We're mentioning it in a little bit. In a bit, yeah. It'll be a surprise. It'll be a a horrible surprise. It'll be a delightful surprise for our lovely listeners. So, I did mention earlier, I've been playing a lot of Dwarf Fortress today in between doing a lot of work. And there was a dwarf with... Do you know what? I think that also put me off my stride. Like, is... like my my, I was disconcerted about the fact that one of my dwarves had had a fey mood and then gone bonkers and had to be like cere- unceremoniously cut down by one of the visiting human axemen. Did you have her done in? Well, otherwise they go mad and they kill everyone. Do they go mad? I thought they if just they produced like no, a if, really nice no, hat. Well, what happens is they get into a fey mood. Like they can either go into a, like a bit of a you know a bonko. Uh, and this one was possessed by strange forces and, and entered a fey mood. Um, and because the workshop that she wanted wasn't available, as previously discussed, I believe it was a leather worker. So I've got a tannery, but not a leather worker, so I need to get that set up. Um, I think that's what happened. Some of those that dwarves forces. <laughs> they come in the same that do compelled by strange yes. forces. Um, so like she just hung around in the tavern, going increasingly bonkers, and then eventually, if they can't like either get the workshop that they need or the materials that they need, and sometimes those are like distressingly specific, mm. then they'll just go insane. Um, sometimes, um, so, same. TBH. So sometimes, my, yeah. Sometimes, when my needs are not met, yeah. and, I, and I wish to make a very nice, bristling with spikes crown, depicting yeah. a time where I went to the toilet and had a, a yeah. robust emission. Yeah. Um. So sometimes they take all their clothes off and then run around babbling. Um, 
and um, hey, do you remember? That? And they have to be gently put down, or you wait for them to die, and then you bury them because they just neglect themselves. And in this particular case, she went berserk and tried to kill people. But oh, no. as I say, like she was standing in the tavern right next to like a human monster slayer. So I think he just basically turned around and was like. What, what the hell and she just bled out and had to be buried and it was all very sad and I'm annoyed because she was like a master craft or something good. or other this is a little bit like when I was playing Darkest Dungeon did a lot of preparation mm. brought brought my crew through did really well until I got to the boss and then was systematically murdered until all that was left was two characters only one of whom could attack from the position that they were in <laughs> managed to kill the boss by just repeatedly using this one character's attack and then the boss's little add-on mate, whose entire job was, he was, the, was being he the a little withalo who looked like a worm who would heal him. No, no. So this was a different boss. You've not oh, seen was it. It was, it was a giant pig, and then his little pig mate with two little flags who would tell the giant pig flags, flags, like a little like the people who tell aeroplanes how to take off. Yeah, like a um, what's the word? Semaphore. Semaphore. That's the word. God. Well, I don't think I don't My think brain. they talk to planes in semaphore. My brain is just um, see. There we go. I've completely lost. So yeah, the word. This, this, it is. This, it is Losing active vocabulary. The little I'm pig, too stressed. The little pig guy's job was basically telling the big pig guy where to attack. But he would also occasionally do very low damage attacks. Hemorrhaging, that was the word. And he managed to kill the only other character that could perform any actions at all. And so I was like, well, this hasn't gone well. I've got one remaining guy. He can't perform any actions and his stress meter is maxed out. His health is incredibly low. Hard if same. I right, hard same. If I pull, if I withdraw from this battle, then I'll at the very least be able to escape the map and take the trinkets home. Was and this, this was my guy, five higher, yeah. my five high, sorry, my four highest level guys as well. And so I withdrew from the battle, retreated, and the stress of retreating gave him a heart attack because he was on death's door. It killed him stone dead. It was yeah. absolutely phenomenal. Was it fun with a capital F? It was. It was genuinely great, and like it's emergent an, gameplay. It, yeah, the, the stories that are told, and as the the video game boys talked about on their episode about it, you get a lot of games that sort of nudge towards what the effects of things like this might have on a hero. Mm. Like, there's Special Ops The Line, which is like, you did a bad thing. You had no choice but to do a bad thing. where it, like, makes the player do a bad thing and then berates the player for doing the bad thing? And tells them off for doing a war Which I always feel a little... What do you think about that? So, I I think it's interesting. And I think it's interesting that it was sort of made and released and for all the world looked like a shooter. Mm. Like a sort of, like, rah, 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 we're going and doing a big shoot and that's Mm. really cool. And then, like, I think that a lot of the bad... So, one of the big bad things that you do, you launch a... You launch a white phosphorus attack on some baddies, and I think it's revealed that there it, there were more civilians than, than baddies there. Like, generally, don't use white phosphorus. Mm. Um, but a, a lot of that game is about, like, it's the trappings of a running-about shooter game, mm. but... Genuine consequences but it, of conflict. But it plays about with the consequences yeah. and sort of... As as things fall apart, people's people begin to lose their humanity. The people performing those actions begin to lose. Mm. They're, they're, because they've dehumanized the people. Because they're dehumanized they're affecting, others. Yeah. Yes. And like that that was an interesting thing, and I think it, it I think it was like valuable at the time it came out. But also a video game making you do something and then slapping you on the wrist for it kind of sucks. You could think, you could yeah. argue that the option is the option that the player has is if you don't want to do this then 
don't play the game. That's the thing. Which the only is, way to win is not to play. Which, which is, is like true, if you're selling but a product. You've, yeah, but yeah. you've spent money on yeah. a product. Yeah. And so, like, I... I don't know. I, I am conflicted about it. And On the one hand, I think it's a fabulous troll for people, to, towards people who are maybe a little bit too gung-ho way, let's go and shoot up some people who don't look like us. Yes. Um, and to kind of sneak that under the radar is good, actually. But on the other hand... Yeah, I, I can see how. Yeah, there if, is that. If you're selling, that you've a, if, you're, if you're selling yeah. a product, then like, and again, if if you if you buy into that product, knowing that that's what the story being told, yeah. then that's that's an interesting thing yeah. in itself. And then you'll be like, okay, I'm going to do this. I want for to see those, the story, and I'll be told off those for being people are probably not the people who need to see that. The thing so. that I find genuinely quite funny about it is this was around the time of PS3 games where every shooter had to have a multiplayer mode. So you had the single player story of a man and his team who believe or start out believing that they're mm. doing the right thing and then through dehumanizing their enemies they lose their sense they you know they 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 lose they, their own humanity, they lose their own yeah. humanity. Yeah. and it's like there's there's fun stuff of like at the start of the game the the whole team are very sort of professional and like you know this the, you know, 100 feet this way blah blah, yeah. blah we got a target here and then towards the end of the game kill that fucking guy god fuck and like yeah. you, you can see all yeah, that stuff yeah. and and that's cool and interesting but to have that be packaged in with like here's a fucking six v six capture the flag map. I think I wonder if it would have been a different game if they'd told the same story from different perspectives. So it would have taken out a slightly kind of more like, I don't want to say strategic, but like a zoomed out mm. bigger picture. So you had that team, you had you know maybe you could have played as the terrorist in inverted commas or whoever it was. I think you maybe were, you- Catherine. I think oh, you were. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Like, the, the, you know, with the capital T. Yeah. Maybe you could have played as a civilian looking to escape that squad. Maybe you could have played as, a, a, yeah, a teacher looking there's, to... Do you know what I mean? So there's lots and lots of different stories, and it could have even narrowed it down. That'd be a really interesting idea for a game, actually. Like, one afternoon in doing, a conflict. Doing, doing the same The same thing the same over thing and over again different from sides. different perspectives. That's, yeah. that, so there's a game called This War of Mine, which is a sort of survivor simulator. It's a... A two-dimensional thing, like you've got your a house with different rooms. You go out and scavenge. You mean like a um, a cutaway platform? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, it it's not, like, it's, it's not, not a platform, platform but it looks like a platform. yeah. So like a yeah, cut yeah. cutaway of a house. You've got a handful of survivors. You send them out to just survive in this war zone. So scrabble together bits of food, bits like of a medicine. city under siege kind of feeling. Yeah, that kind of thing. And that's very much a game where I forget that I, I know the developers made couple of other similar games. This is games. really warm. Do you want to put it on your foot? Yeah, I do. Um, and, and that's very much like you're you're not a combatant. You you might find a gun and then send somebody out scavenging mm. with that. But that obviously has, has deleterious effects. And it's it's very much an... These are stories that are not often told in video games, thing, mm. which I like. What the, the only reason I've been yammering about this for ages is that, yeah, games... For a long time, really quickly, did you hear her activation? Moxie made a little activation. Sorry, sorry, you were saying no, no. Games for a long time, like the ludo narrative dissonance, Mm. which I know was a sort of flavor of the month phrase for a while. Mm. But it's like it's a thing to consider. Yeah. In the Uncharted games, you're quipping, and I know this isn't a new opinion at all, but you're you're quipping and you're being a cool guy, and you are mowing down. Hundreds upon hundreds of people. Mm. At the very least, in The Last of Us, when you're doing the same thing, you're kind of a guy who sucks. Like, part part of the impact of the story of, of the game, The Last of Us, spoiler warning for those who haven't played it, 
is that you're, you're not playing the best guy, or rather you're playing a guy who, due to a series... He's the product of choices and circumstances. Yeah. The interesting thing, I think, about the protagonist in that is that it's kind of saying, here is a normal person, and here's what what can happen to a normal person in extraordinary circumstances. Mm. And I think that's what's so interesting for me about that kind of post-apocalyptic setting. Here, here is what extraordinary circumstances can do to ordinary people. I mean, obviously it's, it's speculation, but of course it is all art is speculation mm. and all drama is speculation, but it's based on kind of fundamental truths about people, I think. To, to, to wrap this all up a bunch, what I like about Darkest Dungeon is... It's a game about, like, yes, it's a game about sending adventurers into a series of warrens to go and get treasure or to go and recover things. But it's also a game about you're sending people into warrens full of big men, <laughs> and you're making them, and you've they've not got enough torches, they've run out of food. Of course, they're going to come back paranoid and fearful mm. and like craving absolution from God through What's flagellation. What's interesting is Whoops. how they've they've made that into a gameplay mechanic, though. So, like, everything... I think what's interesting is the way that the the fact that it is a video game marries up those consequences with gameplay mechanics and... Um, so there is no ludonarrative ludo dissonance. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's part of it. It's, the gameplay is the story and the story is the gameplay, which yes. I think is a difficult thing to do well. I, I was thinking about, like, games more generally... And sort of how you very much role play when you play a game. Like yeah. I'm, I'm doing this because this is that what this is what this person would do. Whereas I'm doing this because this is a series of interconnected systems, mm. and I want to get something out of it. Yeah. I I think a a good example of this is like in a Monkey Island game. Mm. I want to go through every dialogue choice because I know what they all mean. Or no, rather, I know that this is an unedited Garfield podcast. Yes. Um, because I know that there's jokes in each Oh, yeah, one. I, like, I there's, there's, there's fun yeah, stuff yeah, in each. Yeah. And, so, and I apply similar things to... I mean, to I, be fair, I do that as well, because I want the jokes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, like, it, that it, is the correct way to play a it, game. It's more that I apply that to other video games that I play. Like, if I play Fallout New Vegas, which is a character role-playing game, mm. and you've got a series of dialogue choices... And it'd be like, hey, yeah, I want to help you. Hey, what's that man doing to his anus? What's over there? Blah, blah, blah. If you're role-playing, you would surely only choose a limited number of those conversation options and would potentially, if you've got one dialogue option, which is, yes, I'll go this way, and another one which is, no, I'll go that way, would you choose both in separate conversations to see what they do? Not in, a, like not, a in a save, not in a safe... No, not in a safe... Not in a separate playthrough, not in a save and quit way, but like, say yes, I'll do it to the person, and then if you talk to them again and you get the option to say yes or no, say no, and then just see what they. No, the I'd probably, are. I'd probably um, save it for another playthrough. Huh. Um, like the, the classic example of this, I think one, one of the classic examples is like Bioware games, where um, there's lots and lots of different pr- branching story options, um, and you can shut them down, and there are decisions which you have to make which will shut off an entire branch of the story, like say in Inquisition. Spoiler warning for anyone who's not yet played Inquisition. You should. It's fun. Um, there is um, a decision you have to make whether you side with one faction or with the other. If you side with one faction, it cuts off the other faction. Yeah. And, and prompts story. So that faction then becomes corrupted and dreadful things happen and you have to deal with the consequences. So, um, you know, and all this stuff is about, you know, taking and every single decision that you make 
there are no right or wrong decisions in some cases because some of your party members will greatly approve of something you're doing and some of them will be like, this is the worst thing you've ever done. Um, and you can't, in some of these cases, you, you can't win with a capital W. Yeah. For me, that's great gameplay because it forces choices mm. and it's story making, it's storytelling. It's, so I, when I start a playthrough, I will think about the kind of person that I want to be when I'm playing that run. What what would this kind of person um, do in this situation? Is this a person who cares a lot about other people? Are they, you know, they come from a very wealthy background, but does that affect their decision making? You know, how how would they do it? And that, in a way, is kind of creating the story as it goes. Now, obviously, it's a video game, so you know, a lot of those things are um, they're all, they're set in stone in some ways, you know. And and we've but, but they have come a long way since the you know the you've got two choices here: do you go up or down? Mm. It, it's there's something really interesting about the emergent stories and some of them you know i think with those games in particular there's a lot of recorded dialogue it's all kind of set in advance there are only there are only so many different branching pathways but there are lots but there's a variety of, of branches, there's a variety yeah. of them. so here's another example so when i was playing dwarf fortress when i am playing dwarf fortress i like to make my um fortress look nice to me mm. so you can um if you're just going by the game mechanics you can make most of your dwarves pretty happy by giving them kind of like overlapping bedrooms that look dreadful, you know. But for me, I like to take... It takes up more space and more resources, but I'll make them all like nice little, you know, spacious nice rooms. with go. a little Yeah, with nice little floors and like little, you know, it's like a fully enclosed with a little door and I'll make sure they have a nice door and I'll make sure that they have nice beds and all the rest of it, which again, in some ways there are gameplay mechanics, but some of it doesn't make any difference. You can do that without the aesthetic. I, I just like it to look nice and to make a nice place for it. So with what you were saying about like starting a character and thinking, what's this person going what's to... Their what's what would they what's be this like? person going to yeah. be like? I've never quite approached things that way. Like starting a, a Fallout New Vegas playthrough, I thought, oh, maybe I want to be somebody who's like quite smart and a bit useless. But that's uh, that's only because the the, the system way where, where, where you build your stats yeah. is like, and and then from there I'll think like, okay, maybe I'll try and play in this way, not play as this person, but play in this way. And even then, when I start getting into it and I start getting a sort of series of dialogue options. It'll be like, okay, what what systems are in play here? What can I what not not what would this person of whom I am an avatar do? It's which one of these buttons do I press to get the best hat? That's interesting. I wouldn't do that. I think that's a it's a kind of way that like Dungeons and Dragons Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons and other role playing games have they they mechanized that process in a way, didn't they? Because they're almost taking away the player agency by um, saying when you start at the beginning and you roll up your character, you know whether you use a point system or whether you use dice or whatever you do, you put certain numbers into certain things, and those will have an impact on the outcomes of the roles that you um, do in game, and therefore an impact on the likelihood of you being able to achieve something. Yeah. So that kind of forces, in some ways. Um, a gameplay style where people have to think about role-playing the attributes that their character might have. Because if they don't, it simply won't work with the character and they'll fail those things. Now, that's I think that's a bit of a two-edged sword in some ways. Um, but it, it, I can see how for some people it might maybe be a useful way of mechanising some of those character decisions. See, this this is a wider thing, and I don't know if I've talked about it. On the pod. On the podcast. On the podcast. On the podcast. 
or during the podcast. Hello, welcome to my guest, Fishman. He joins us from under the lake. Oh, we got our coffee under the sea, but it's fish now. Oh, it lacks Mondays, but doesn't lack Tuesdays because it's the Monday of the ocean. Tuesdays I really the- like Fishman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your opinion about Friday's Fishman? Oh, okay, we're going to have a little. Yeah, we'll have a little a interview little, with Fishman. Hold that Hang thought on. on games. Hang on, is this uh, my opinions about Fridays as a Fishman? Yeah. Or your Garfield's. It's opinion. your opinions about Fridays as Fishman. Let's see. Let's this this works really nicely. So you're going to role play Fishman, and oh. then we'll go back to the point about your wider point about role play. Right. So what what's your opinion about Fishman? About Fishman? Your Fishman? Sorry. What's your opinion about Friday, Fishman? Uh, obviously, um, it's the scariest day. Uh, traditionally, the Catholics have to eat the fish on the Friday. <laughs> and so I saw. Oh, you wash out. Stay indoors if you can. Wash out for the hooks. Don't have me to hook or a worm. Stay away. Thank you for your insight, Fishman. That's much appreciated. Mm, that's right. You any, anything further to ask him before he goes <laughs> back into his uh, tank? Uh, do, uh, do you get a lot of business opportunities for a Fishman um, on uh, on the surface these days? Oh, no. I can't fucking breathe. <laughs> Right. It's mainly an aquatic situation where a fish man wear gills. Uh, you, you guys um, got out a while ago and that's good. But not me, I stay inside the water. Stay inside the water, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. You, you probably made a wise decision there. We we have to pay taxes. Thank you thank you very much for your time, fish man. <laughs> okay. Um, so, what were you saying about the tabletop gaming and the roleplay? Who can even tell... I was saying, well, I don't really like it because oh, the paper gets wet. Oh, the paper gets wet. The paper gets wet. The paper gets wet. You run to a roll. Oh, so, yeah, Fishman has just popped his head above the surface oh, again. You don't ever try to roll a dash in the sea, it doesn't work. <laughs> Thanks again, Fishman. We hope to see you soon. Right, you're going to karate in a bit, and I am just going to be wandering around the house <laughs> talking to myself <laughs> like this. Anyway, you were saying. Um, I was saying there's there's too much scope in a role playing game in a in a tabletop role playing game. Even with the narrowing that happens oh, because no, of the it's, statistics. It's, no, especially oh, you're you're in a uh, you, hello travelers. You've gathered together in the tavern and you've got to go on a mission. What do you do? I don't fucking know. There's myriad things to do, and I know that the actual answer to this is whatever you like mm. because the the. Mm. GM within have, reason. Yeah. The GM will have done something like, well, I want them to talk to three people. Mm. One of the people I want them to talk to is the blacksmith. However, if they go at the Tesco around the corner, it'll be a cashier there. It doesn't really matter as long as he like as long as he talks to these three people that get this information. Yeah. To him, that's fine. Yeah. But it's like, well, okay, what? And do in you some do? in some cases, they really do have to talk to the blacksmith, and if they miss the blacksmith, that's on them. If, and then, oh, forges <laughs> off. They're too hot. Um, what is that? Like, I, I worry that people try, like think I'm going to do. I'm doing a Papa Lazarou impression. It's really not. No, that. it's not. It's a fishman. Ah, fishman. Right for for listeners at home, the shoulders have come. Shoulders up. are right up. Yeah, there's a sort of harrowed expression um, and a, a, a gesticulation which suggests 
pesky and anxiety. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's <coughs> the, the too world. Much. The, it's it's too much, and it it feeds into the oh god, these people are in part relying on me to have fun, and so yeah, of course, and so I have to do the right thing for them to have fun. But because there's a million different things that they can do, all of those could be right, and so all of those are wrong. And it, it, fill, it fills me. me with outrageous choice paralysis. A little while ago, I bought a set of uh, RPG source books, um, the King in Yellow. Oh yes, yeah. Which um, it's you play across four different time periods, um, starting off in France in the 1920s, and then I think like 30 or 40 mm. years later, the characters you play change between each time period but they have a like a connection to the people before so maybe in the second sort of lot of stories your character may have been taught by your previous yeah, character yeah. Blah, blah, blah. and i thought if i'm gonna i'm gonna buy this because a it looks cool i like a bit of Carcosa, a bit of king in yellow a bit of oh we've mm. dug too greedily and too deep conceptually mm. and you know that that's that's cool and fun and if i buy this then i'll have spent RPG sourcebook money on this, and that will make me run again. Two things there. Mm. Number one, I've spent money on this, and therefore it will make me do it. There are going to be like lots of listeners who are going, ah, "That's your first mistake." And yeah. they've got a whole book. They are serious gamers with a whole bookshelf of RPG mm. sourcebooks and unpainted plastic crack behind them. Mm. Um, yes, a, a universal experience. But also, what's interesting to me is what you said about. Um, how ed- every single one of those choices is correct and therefore none of them are. I, I, The second half of that sentence doesn't happen for me. So, like, it, it, the you're in the tavern. There's lots and lots of things you could do. Great. What should we do first? That, that's just it for me. It's, there's no sort of anxiety about yeah, it. Awful. Who do you talk to? I don't fucking know. Well, who's there? Oh, it's none of my business. Well, that's what the GM tells you. Who's well, there? Who's there? It's your fucking bar. <laughs> who's there? I don't fucking know. Well, no, but I mean that's the question you'd ask the GM, isn't it? You're like, what can I see? You know, who's there? And then the GM would tell you, and then they'd say, "Oh, that person looks interesting. I'll go and talk to them." Oh, how do you approach them? Oh, I'm going to look. You know, and then you'd look at your character sheet. And go, oh, I've got lots of charisma. I'm going to, you know, I'm playing a very charismatic character. I'm going to go and just sort of perch myself at the bar and look really loose. Maybe like light a cigarette. All right, roll to light a cigarette. Ah, shit, I failed it. Well, they find it charming anyway. You know, and that's how kind of emergent story happens. (laughs) Does me even saying that make you anxious? Oh, no. Yeah, like, oh, oh, it's it's too much. And, like, I thing is, I I tell myself I'd like to run a game of this. I Mm. tell myself I think it would be interesting and fun. But I also know that if I were running a game of it, I would just be overcome with terror. And and, and not the good terror of, oh, it's a spooky time, you've got Cthulhu is what you've got. It would be the bad terror of, I am letting down these people that I'm Mm. interacting with over the course of two hours for the next eight weeks. Would you feel that way if you were playing it? Slightly less, but also yes. I think I've so I've played and enjoyed. I, I might have a look at it and offer to play for some people. Which you would be welcome to join, but if not, I've played and enjoyed a couple. One was a sort of 
action role-playing game, which was very silly, which I played as a teenager, um, run by one of our listeners, which was delightful. And I genuinely enjoyed that. That was a fun and silly thing. And I wonder if it's because... Is that because it was not sincere? I think it was because I was in my sort of mid to late teens as we played it. And the hang-ups were there, but hadn't quite coalesced and crystallised. Right. And it was still sort of within the boundaries of being silly. That's interesting. So you talk there about hang-ups. I feel like I'm interviewing Fishman again. Um, You talked about hang-ups, but then you also talked about sort of choice paralysis. Mm. And hang-ups feels to me like a term which is associated with maybe things that are learned, and choice paralysis feels like maybe something that's innate. Does that seem... I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's not an assertion, it's a question. Um, So the question about... um, did you find yourself affected by that choice paralysis when you were playing that game? I think it was easier. I, like I was, I was less in my head about it. Mm. Um, and then the the only other time I've really enjoyed it is when I played it on stream for um, Questing Times one shot of sexy mm. battle wizards because then it was a performance. Mm. Then it was okay. I've like my my remit here is. Provide entertainment to other people, to an audience, to an audience, yeah, and not to myself, and necessarily to the other players, because we're working together to generate this thing for <clears throat> for other people. I, I think I've said before, like having a like get, getting some friends around to play a tabletop role playing, just sit in amicable silence for a while before you all go home. Like, why don't don't oh. oh. Yeah, see, I, I enjoy that. I enjoy sitting and playing a game just for the sake of it and just creating stories for the sake of it. Um, I find it a satisfying creative exercise. Does, does the silliness not drive you into the ground? I'm not saying that as a judgmental thing. No, 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 I can see it's a genuine question. What do you mean by silliness? Just the... I don't know. Do you Are you not standing at a sort of third-person point of view watching yourself and thinking, oh, come along? I'm standing and watching myself with a third-person view, and maybe when I was 16 I would have had that oh come <laughs> along. But I think you kind of... I don't want to say grow out of it, because that I don't want to diminish it, do you know what I mean? I, I, or, or devalue it as a, a genuine and valid response. It's just that I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. No, that's, like, that's good. Do, that's, do you know that... what I mean? Like, Of course you feel a bit silly sometimes, but but that's because I think as adults we're, we're socialised to not play. Yes. And that's sad. That's we, really we've, we've sad. We've talked before about yeah. this, the importance yeah. of play, and, and how much I enjoyed improv classes, yeah. because I mean, that was two or three hours sometimes, a week. Sometimes. At LARP, for example, you do sometimes get moments, particularly when you're, like, particularly when you're monstering, and everyone's, like, a little bit, you know, you're not really in character when you're waiting to go and be a, do a monster slot. And I've, you, I've had it myself, where we're all, like, there's, like, 20 of you just standing in the rain in the middle of the woods, like, huddling under some pretend shields to go and attack some pretend, like, Celts. With, with pretend foam axes and it's pissing down raining and you can hear people in the distance like <clears throat> very seriously role-playing a ritual or something. And then, you know, you just kind of look around at each other, you know, all bedraggled and you just go, what are we doing? <laughs> Come on, this is ridiculous. But that in itself is a moment of camaraderie and um, conviviality and friendship. Um, and fellowship, you know, that kind of we're all stuck in this together. Isn't this ridiculous? This is a very silly hobby, you know, and that's the kind of thing that will get said at that time. Is This is ridiculous. Aren't we silly? Yeah, but it's great, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and that that's a kind of moment that I like, as well as the moments where you have um, 
again like the, the it's it's a safe space to explore difficult feelings and concepts some people use it in that way what if a wizard was chasing me well what if a wizard is my best friend for three years and then they die in a really ignominious way how do i work that through are you a necromancer what? Because there's an easy fix. Well, I'm trying to, like, you know... I know. Yeah. I, I was just enjoying being a silly sausage there. I know. Working. A necromancer is um, just a healer who got there slightly too late. Nice. Um, yeah. So you, you, you kind of have these opportunities to explore lots of different... Like conflict, for example. Some people who are very, very conflict-averse in their real lives... Hello. Um, choose to use uh, tabletop gaming or roleplay or LARP to explore being a more confrontational person and being more assertive within that safe space. I, I would feel unsafe doing that. I would feel... I, like, I think I, I tried... I tried doing a roleplay several years ago, and the second, like, I, as my character, was questioned by another player, I was like, well, shit, I'm just going to immediately fold. I'm going to crumble. I, I, See, I can't, yeah, I can't say yes. Some, and some people... This is where things like consent in, at the tabletop and in, in LARP come in. You know, for some people... Um, and this is something that I think a lot of folks are trying to get better at. Um, there are, you know, like little check-ins where you might say to a person in advance, um, my character's really, really fucking cross about this. Are you okay for me to go ham about it? Um, and for us to, to role-play that out, just, you know, really as an aside. And then the other person might say, oh, I'm not I'm not feeling it at the moment. I go, right, okay, I'm, I'm going to walk off. You know, I'm angry, I'm going to walk off, I'm going to handle it that way. Or they might just go, yeah, you know what, let's fucking have it out. And then you'll have a screaming match, and then there'll be a crowd gather, and then there'll be a fight, or whatever. And because there's been that kind of mutual consent... Um, uh, and, and it, you know, and if at any point it goes too far, you know, someone can say, you know, oh, you know, back off. OK, but it doesn't usually happen that way. I think people are quite sensitive to how that works. And for some people, that's a really valuable way of exploring those kind of sides of their personality that they they might be incredibly uncomfortable with. Um, like someone, you know, people who are women in particular fighting, you know, and, and being on a battlefield and getting to play a very strong, powerful woman. It can be a power fantasy, of course. Um, who is good on a battlefield um, and who would never really kind of dream about doing that in real life. The tabletop as well, you know, there's uh, someone who might um, be a very upstanding person in real life who just for shits and giggles, you know, they're going to play an arsehole thief. It's it's about, um, it's literally role play, I think, trying to explore those different and difficult circumstances. And that, I think, can have value in and of itself without being a performance. For for sure, I I can see that if you're... Oh, your spider's active. If you're what? if you're able to glean that from that, yes. But I th- I think like even that is is too much of a. Oh, there's a cat on a fish tank. Is, on a oh, bourbon. Come on. Welcome to the part of the podcast on, where a cat fish. gets on a fish tank and then gets removed from the same Good fish boy. tank. The cat is now off the fish tank. The cat is off the fish tank. The cat is off the fish tank. He has been. Sorry, sorry, brushing the microphone. He has been removed. Um. Ah, oh, just the, the the wild discomfort. Like, I think we should go this way. Well, I think we should go this way. It's like, okay, I guess I'll shut the fuck up forever. That's, and and you wouldn't even countenance using that as an avenue to explore safe confrontation. No, because if somebody else has said they want to go that way, then they're probably right. And what did I even want to go that way for anyway? What do I know? What if you're um, like, yeah? What if you? What you? You might not know, but your character would. What if your character, right? Say your character is a ranger who's incredibly skilled at reading marks in the forest, and you're being told you oh definitely go this way by an idiot wizard who knows nothing but books. Am I going to make a joke about the communist manifesto? 
I don't know. I <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Do you see what I mean, though? So in the in the in the scope of the game, it would be perfectly acceptable for you to go. Hang on a minute. No, what are you talking about? This is ridiculous. We're definitely not going that way. Okay, but then what if you have to justify it? What if they say why? Like, I don't well, know. Well, that's when the game mechanics can come. I told you, you two. I can't tell whether that was Bourbon going in for a sniff and, and Moxie having a swat, or whether it was just one of the Ooh. intermittent power dynamic reshuffles. Who knows? That cats tend to, jo- to enjoy. Hello, Moxie. Yeah, but that, that's when the kind of the game mechanics would come in. You know, so be like, well, all right. You, you could either choose to roll for it, or you could... Um, you know, depending on the system that you're playing, you know, you could pull a token. You could, um, you don't even might not even use, have to use a mechanic at all. You could just say, "Well, you know, I'm I'm better at being a ranger than you." <laughs> and that's when, you know, again, you could role play it, and you're, you, you know, depending on the system, your DM might be like, "Okay, give me give me an argument." You, you, then you then you can just make shit up, you know, like what the fuck are you talking about? You spent the last twenty years buried in, in, up to your nose in a book, and I've been out in the forest for thirty. What are you? Ta- are you genuinely telling me I don't know the way through these? Words? Do you see what I mean? You you can then kind of work that into a a safe. Um, <sighs> yeah, <sighs> you could choose to, to role play that conflict out in a way that at any time you can tag out safely. No, it was awful. No, thank you. Do you find it different, difficult to sort of separate the role play from you personally? Um, like there's a kind of bleed there. I don't know. I, I don't really know because, like, the the character doesn't exist. That's not a thing. No, it, but you can think of it like a person as a separate entity to you. It's not you. I don't know. I, I again, like, I think I've talked to you before. I don't know if I've, I've mentioned it. Is this a theory it. of mind thing? I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast, but like when I was working on a, a sitcom treatment and I was putting together like a series of character bios, I had a real like, who am I to say that? Oh, he's he's in his forties and he doesn't see his son much, and and he's he's, he's this that and the other. Like, how, how dare I? You can who, just make stuff up. Who am I to say this? But you can just make stuff and up. And it properly like, and again, I don't know if that's an imposter thing. I don't know if that's a just not. Telling my brain to shut up, thing. Some of it might but be. There that. was a, a it might real be theory of mind as well. There was a real like. But who are you? T- <clears throat> how, like what? What's what's your fucking game saying this? Mm, that's quite interesting in terms of putting yourself in someone else's shoes, um, even if that person is an imaginary person that you yourself have made up. I think it's just quite interesting. I don't know. I don't know <clears throat> if it's a theory of mind thing. I'm not sure where you're. Like where you're going? Well, with I'm, that. what I mean is like because you know when I said, oh, that you, it, do you find it hard to separate yourself from the characters? Oh, yeah, they're not real. And it's like, well, no, of course they're not. That's part of the point. You're you're pretending. I was being slightly flippant. Yeah, I know, but you're pretending to be someone else, like playing pretend thing that I know we've discussed previously, where you got cross with me for making the transformer play with whatever it was, a bit jokingly, but still. <laughs> Again, I yeah. feel like I should emphasise yeah, yeah. there was no genuine you anger. Genuinely cross, and I wasn't genuinely trying to make See, a I play can be, I can be yeah. whimsical. The, the Optimus Prime behind me is holding a Lego hot dog. That's that's frippery. That's not what I'm talking about. Because it should be an energy on Why? Why is he holding the hot dog? Because I put it in his hand. Right. <laughs> make up a story about why he has a hot dog. Okay, I was in Kew Gardens... And I found a Lego hot dog, and then I put it in Optimus Prime's hand. That's not making the, up a story. The end. That's just saying what happened. 
they say they're going to do something and then they do it. Yeah. Could you make up a story about it if you wanted to? Yes, but yeah. I failed silly to the point that the, that the price of admission isn't worth a ride. What if that story was really funny and it brought joy to people? Ah, but what if it wasn't and it didn't? <clears throat> well, you won't know until you try. But by trying, there's the chance of failure. There's nothing wrong with failure. Ooh. Oh, no. There's nothing wrong with failure. Oh. Failure is just a natural consequence of having a go at something. Like, you fail all the time. It's not, it, as the great Rocky Balboa says, it's not how hard you can get hit, you know, or how hard you can hit. It's how hard you can get hit and still keep getting back up again. Mm. <clears throat> failure is, is a good thing in terms of growth, I believe, personally, to me. I mean, that's... That's a good and positive message, but I think that might also be the most sort of opposite message of people like, I don't a, a sort of anti-Joe Rogan you have just become, which I quite <laughs> like. I, I just feel like that kind of welcoming acceptance of like failure as a natural, perfectly natural path it is perfectly on any natural, kind yeah, of, of like towards any kind of creative yeah. endeavour um, is, I don't know, it, it, there's there's something about it which it makes me think somebody who would try and sell you vitamin pills to make your biceps redder would disagree with, it. and that in itself is a good reason to say it. Well, I think I think it's a it's a genuinely held view. Um, I've been doing a painting class and failing a lot, but I've been improving as I'm doing it. Um, it's through the failure that I've gotten better. You you, you can't be good at something first off. Um, that's not how people works. <laughs> mm. And I think there's something about <clears throat> just telling your own story. Why, why, why has Optimus Prime got a hot dog? Oh, no. Because the thing is, I was thinking, why but, could Optimus Prime yeah, have a hot dog? Like, maybe you'll, I'll, you'll maybe, make me laugh. Maybe I'll come up with something good. And then I thought, oh, no. And that is that goes against something that the lovely Paul Foxcroft told me well told the people that he was teaching improv to don't make don't try and do something good mm. just do just something do it. exactly just do because it because yeah. trying to do something good means you'll arm and r and second guess yourself just do something whereas yeah. doing something allows a sort of organic exactly de- development just of things it. just do it and if you fail that's fine pick yourself up and do it again and if you fail again that's fine too you've still done the thing pick yourself up and try again why has Optimus Prime got a hot dog? I tell me I, why he's got a hot dog. Oh, I, I don't know if I want to tell you why Optimus Prime. Oh, but I really want to know. Ah, oh, but I'm, I'm. It's it's really curious that I'm not currently able to just start talking, and instead I'm actively trying to think what are the reasons that Catherine might enjoy. I'm Guy, by the way, one of the two Hello, hosts I'm of this Kat. podcast. Sorry. Why? What what are the reasons that Catherine might enjoy with regards to why Optimus Prime, leader of the Autobots, could find himself holding a hot dog? <laughs> See, in... that in itself is a funny sentence. It is. Yeah. It is a funny... Why has he got a hot dog? Why has he got a hot yeah. dog? Uh, he's got a hot dog because he's going to write a little label on it saying, Megatron's hot dog, please, <laughs> please do not steal. And he's going to place it underneath a cardboard box with a big stick and some string attached to the stick. And then when Starscream goes yep. and gets it, he's, he's going to yank the stick and then he's going to catch it. That's great. That's why he's That's got lovely. a hot dog. 
I enjoyed that. That's great. But it's quite obvious, isn't it? So? And no, so? I didn't think of it. You did. Yeah, yeah, but that's why it's obvious. No, it's not. That was great. Do it again. Uh, you don't have to, of course, but do you know what I mean? You didn't fail. The The task was, explain to me why Optimus Prime has a hot dog. And you explained to me why Optimus Prime has a hot dog. He spent the last 45 minutes trying to convince it that it's okay to transform into its robot mode, <laughs> not understanding that it is a hot dog. <laughs> and yeah. not a robot in disguise. Because Optimus Prime is very benevolent. Yes. And would care for the well-being of a hot dog that would he thought was a robot. would care for the well-being of a hot dog. Yeah. There you go. That's two great ones. <laughs> it's easy, isn't it? No, but it's all... Uh... Yeah, you're overthinking it. It's easy. Just do it. Horrible, is what I say. <laughs> Horrible. I think there's a serious point there. Oh, no. Like, 100%. I know that my life is all the poorer for these hang-ups and for this inability to... Again, this is why I should have had clowning classes. To just do things. Maybe I should learn French and spend three months doing those clown classes at Golier with that horrible old Frenchman who teaches entirely in French and is just a horrible man. Like, apparently quite, you know, good at his job, but is takes notes, takes less shit than you'd expect from a clown. I think clowning is very serious. Yes, I think clowning is very serious. Mm. Mm. Um no which strikes matter. me as an entire profession with one massive hang-up. It's like when um, when my grandfather was trying to teach my elder brother how to play golf and said, this isn't a game, you know. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Um, my grandmother once said, like, wrote in a birthday card to my father, I'd have given you a cheque, but you'd only spend it. Um, and, I think, <laughs> and I think she meant that sincerely. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But no, like like I say, I know that it's not a a healthy or a useful set of hang-ups to cling to. I'd say don't don't beat yourself up with a value judgment about it. It, it. It's neither good nor bad. It's just it's just a thing, and you can choose to see something about it, or you can choose to just sit with it, and that's fine too. Mm. It might bring you more joy in your life if you do choose to address it but if you don't that's fine you know it's, there's no value judgment associated because we because what you're doing then is associating a negative value judgment with one of you know one of the things that you associate with yourself hmm so so don't do that so don't do that yeah <laughs> what time do you need to go fighting oh i need to go fighting in about 15 minutes 15 minutes should we move on to a gaffed field I suppose we must. I suppose we must. Oh, but it's mm. bad. It's real bad. We're recording this on Valentine's Day, and as a little Valentine's treat for our Patreon backers who might be listening to this on the day of its release, first panel, and the second panel, and the fifth panel, and the eighth panel, you can see John Arbuckle's feet. It's horrible. It's and horrible. They're like I, AI feet. They're, 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 not, they're not great. It does look a little bit like he's got one... Oh, what is happening in that second panel? It looks like he's got one incredibly long It toe. does look like he's... You know those... Um, oh. It looks like his feet are the socks and sandals that the Gyoji wear. Oh, yeah, the tabby, little Japanese ones with yes, the where, split toes. Where the split socks, toes. So yeah. you've got your, your, four, mi- middle, your yeah. four minor toes yeah. and then your, your one big lad. Oh, they're split down the middle, actually. I think oh, really? it's the middle toes, yeah. 
Okay, yeah, yeah. I guess I guess pound for pound, the big toe is is just sort of two toes yeah. next to each other. Um, he looks like he's got one of those butter foot. It's horrible. It's really horrible. Anyway, he's sitting in shorts and a t-shirt. It's very casual. Because it's August. I thought that. It it is very casual or very sort of just come back from sports day. Um, He's sitting cross-legged on the floor and he's poking Garfield's tummy and Garfield is kind of like sitting back on his haunches with his feet in the air. His front front legs, paws. His his front paws are very, very hand-like. I I do wonder if this and the, the general content of this comic and the sort of style of, of the Garfield. I wonder if this is... We've had seven... This is the 70th episode. Is it really? Yeah. That's loads. Um, you know, we've nice had, we've, one. We've had 70 Garfsfield. This is where things start getting a little bit... Oh, Moxie, I know you've never eaten in your entire life. This is where things start getting a little bit... Clip this out and um, pin it up on your cubicle yeah. wall. Um... He says you're getting a little chunky there, pal, as he pokes Garfield in the tum. Um, in the background, we can see a um, an occasional table, because it's only sometimes there, uh, with a quite gaudily painted vase. That vase yeah. looks like a packet of European cigarettes. It does, actually. It's got a single poorly drawn flower, like yeah. the kind of flower that a child would draw. We don't see that, that no. vase in the rest Ever of the again. strip. Um, second panel, um, John is kind of like, oh, he's doing something with his Gar- legs. Garfield doesn't look pleased no, about That's quite assessment. a funny picture of Garfield's face. Um, but in the second panel, John is kind of like, I think he's brought a knee up or something. I know it's yeah, horrible. It's, it's, a, it's a, a really horrible mash of It's anatomy. a real tangle of legs, isn't it? It's really, oh, it's grim. It's so really one, grim. one foot has got one giant long big toe, so yeah. it looks like a cloven hoof. Oh, it's horrible. The other foot looks like a baby's hand. Oh, no, please don't describe his feet. Please. It's, it's so gross. I don't like Mondays after dark. Oh. He says, I'm thinking of putting you on a diet, Garfield. And Garfield just, again, does not look impressed. It looks very... Oh, this is an eight-panel comic, so yeah, it must have been a, um, a weekend. I think. Um, and then in the third panel, we get like a close-up of Garfield's horrified face. His eyes are wide. His mouth is like downturned and wibbly. He's got like... I think he's, he's pressing one... Like paw to his almost, chin yeah. in horror, like yeah. almost like a hand to mouth, or shock. like like a like a a fine lady who's seen yes. something horrible, a mushroom yeah. that looks like a penis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's saying diet. He, well, he's thinking well, loudly yeah. diet. The thought bubble is with a, with is green, mark. and the text is red. Yeah, I mean these can't Do be you original want to colours. Remove a cat. Oh, is he on there again? Welcome to the Cats on the Fish Tank again. It's the podcast well, within a podcast where a cat gets on a fish tank and then gets off a fish tank. The cat is now off the fish tank. And so, yeah, he's got a green thought bubble, which is just a strange... It's a bit weird, yeah. Presumably... I mean, the bright red and the green is supposed to be like a horrible a contrast shock. of... Yeah. Yes. Uh, so that, that was quite a narrow panel with no background. And then we've got Garfield crawling forwards as a man in the desert, dying of thirst, might yep. crawl. Downturned mouth, ears pointing forward, sad-looking eyes. Uh, one... One paw raised as if he is crawling on all fours, yeah. and he's thinking, "I'm already feeling weak!" Exclamation mark. Yeah, and then in the uh, bottom left panel, so on fifth the panel, we've row, got a biblically accurate John Arbuckle. Yeah. Uh, uh, Garfield is shaking his he's, neck. So Garfield has leapt. Uh, Gar- Garfield is shaking John's neck. He's not yeah, shaking, he's not his, shaking own, his, like, his own like neck. a fighting giraffe. <laughs> Um, Imagine if that's what he was doing. Like this is his way of like trying to um, assert dominance, assert dominance over John. Yeah, to um, impose his will. So he's he's leapt up onto John's knees. You can mm. see a little movement line jumping again over John's horrible feet. 
and he's grabbing John by the neck, shaking him back and forth. So there's the sort of movement blur. John's got many noses. John's got a dick load of eyes. He looks like his mouth is sort of like this. Yeah. And like Garfield's really fucking eyeballing him. He's right up in his face to the point where their eyeballs might be touching. Um, John's arms are sort of weirdly back with the backs of his hands. Yeah, it's really weird. On the floor. It's really weird. Really it, unsettling. It looks like John is a mannequin. Like maybe yeah. for this scene, John, the like actual those, John was um, just off and he's got a resusciani. Yeah, I was going to say one of the resuscitation dummies. And Garfield is thinking, food. I need food. Yeah, in the, what is this, the sixth panel? Mm hmm. Um, so the third from last, he's saying the room's growing dim, and he's kind of leaning back. Mouth's really downturned. There's a there's lots of wobble his lines on him. His eyes are narrowing. His hands sort of on his chest. Yeah, his eyes are sort of half closed. Yeah. And then panel seven, hop, W H O P. You can see a movement line. He falls with a thud onto his back. His cheeks pooling on the floor. It does look like he's. Um, Done a sort of judo, like forced <laughs> dissipation as he's hit the floor, it does a bit, sort yeah. of slapping the floor to avoid a break fall. Yeah, that's the word. And then the last panel, uh, the camera pulls out a little bit to see John Arbuckle sitting cross-legged in front of Garfield, offering a round of applause for the cat's overly dramatic performance. Yeah, see, Garfield was role playing. Why would I wish to be like him? You wouldn't. I don't think he was role-playing. I think he was just being an asshole. Being an asshole. Yeah. I don't care for this. I don't care for no, John's No, I don't feet. either. I don't really care for it at all. I think I... it's very boring. Yeah, it's, um, no, it's nothing, is it? I'm not sure we'll have time to go through the comments today. Yeah, we will. Um, oh, okay, we'll have to break, go through the breakneck speed because I've got to go to the loo and then head uh, The first mentioning of a diet says Futsy's own. There's three replies. <clears> uh, somebody, <throat> the first reply is immediately... Oh, my God. Um, Posting an earlier strip. Yeah. Um, and then there's another reply saying, second mentioning. And then 10 months ago, thank you for the fact checking. People are too loosey goosey about facts these days. Uh, for instance, Garfield loves to follow the words of the Dark Lord Satan, according to a previous comic. People aren't talking enough about that, in my opinion, as a paid premium member, Garf. This is definitely a listener. Hello if you're out there. Angel Princess 72, about 11 years ago, says, Poor Garfield can't go hungry for three seconds without fainting. Mm, clap, 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 says MI over 10 years ago. Been overreacting again, are we? Being Explaining over- the joke, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, can I go? Demon says, hee hee. I like on the cartoon during this pilot when Garfield plot. says... Oh, sorry, during this plot? What? On the cartoon when during Garfield this When Garfield says plot? diet is die with a T? What? Uh, and diet then Bandstand Jukebox, Jukebox says, Diet is die with a T in it. There's two what? replies to that. That's, That's what, what Garfield said in right, the latest I trip. I see, I see. And then somebody just says, R.I.P. Okay. Don't know why. Uh, encore, encore. That's the joke. Uh, he he dead. dead, edit, he's dead. Right, thanks. Quote is not edit. Uh, I see you over three years ago, says clap, 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 clap. Hockey man. Says John, time to die, moi ha 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 ha, meant diet, Garfield, nya. Mm. Mm. That's, that's not a thing. Is he low blood sugar too? Says Cookie1371. Yeah, Moxie. Uh, ha ha, what a chunky cat. Well, indeed, speaking of chunky cats. And finally, five months ago, I gotta say, good performance. Yes, thank you for that fat cat animations. <sighs> well, there we go. Oh, dear. 
Anyway, I got to head off, I'm afraid. I need to go to the toilet and then I'm going to karate. Okay, shall I wrap up? Yeah, the, could you um... wrap up the podcast while I pootle about? Yeah. Well, folks, thank you very much for listening. We genuinely do appreciate that very you much would so. bring us into your day as you... Um... I don't know, like whatever you've been up to, it's none of my business, is it? Um, I often find podcasts useful for getting the kitchen done. You may have done other things, oh, and that's okay. Oh no, a dampened ghee yeah. has got it going. E, you could put it in the microwave. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, thank you very much. Um, we have a Patreon, and that is. Patreon. Yeah, I've come to the other side of the microphone now for a bit of immersive fun. Ooh. That's patreon.com slash IDLM podcast. That's patreon.com slash IDLM podcast. I'm having a little, little dance left and right. Um, if you go there and feel like it, you can chuck us a couple of quid every month. That gets you access to early release. That gets you access to early release episodes, intermittent episodes of I Don't Like Birthdays, which is a birthday themed exactly what this podcast is. Uh, one of those was on the day of Queen Elizabeth II's funeral, and I think might have actually had something interesting to say about it. At a higher level, you also get access to Kat's essays, which have started back up again. I reckon it's worth it. I think she's got interesting things to say. As far as somebody without interesting things to say goes, um, I've bought a little handheld microphone, and backers at any level get access to me walking up and down the street with this microphone, having a little natter to myself because I can't be left alone with my own thoughts. It's not what I'd call content, but if you want five minutes of a man just being like, oh, look, there's an interesting dog. Oh, nearly got hit by a car. Good. Oh, look, we're over here now. I wonder what that's all about. You can you can have that on just as a thing to... Basically, it's like a, a rambly WhatsApp message, but with a broader focus. Uh, failing that, if you don't want to or can't afford to, either's fine. Give us any cash. Then, if you're able to, leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or on Podcast Addict or on a sticker that you put on a telephone box. Don't do graffiti. Um, tell your friends. Get people to listen. I like to think there's something in these. Each episode has something funny. And often, something thoughtful. But, you know, that's not me to... So, I don't know, what the fuck am I talking about? Listen, if you've enjoyed this, that's splendid. If you haven't enjoyed this, this is a weird amount of time to listen to something you're not enjoying. Uh, if someone who hasn't enjoyed it and is still listening, that's, like, really powerful. Mm. I feel that's that's quite a power play. Yeah. Yeah, like, we can sort of psychically feel that. The, yeah. the, the rage listen. The clenched teeth. Right, that's about it for me. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Uh, Catherine, what are your thoughts about Mondays? I do not care for them. I do not care for them. And also with you. Bye. <laughs>